Welcome to Meaningful Journeys, a podcast about pilgrimage. I'm Dr. Heather Warfield, and I am passionate about connecting humanity through our shared quests for meaning. In this podcast, I'll be talking with pilgrims and pilgrimage scholars. I will have conversations with people impacted by both ancient and contemporary pilgrimage journeys, and we will also hear from people who live at these sacred sites. This program is supported in part by Antioch University New England and the Meaningful Life Institute. In this episode of Meaningful Journeys, I talk with Erin Dooley, who is a pilgrim, filmmaker, and producer. Erin documented her experiences on the Camino de Santiago in a film entitled A Way to Forgiveness. She has recently launched a new project called Walks to Forgive, in which she accompanies people on walks in nature and documents their stories of forgiveness. I opened our conversation by asking about Erin's background and what drew her to pilgrimage journeys. Um, yeah, well, I had heard about the Camino de Santiago like probably 20 years ago now from a friend, and it was, I guess, kind of buried in the back of my brain as something I'd want to do. And then um, fast forward like 15 years later, my marriage was ending, and I thought, you know, I, I had always wanted to do this, so I thought this would be a good time to do that. Um, and maybe, and then in my marriage, I was starting to write and produce and you know become you know part of the film industry so when i did decide to go on the camino i thought well i'll bring my camera because you know how many times am i going to walk the camino so it'd be remiss to not bring my camera with me and um i just it was pretty selfishly like me trying to learn more about forgiveness i had always been interested in the topic and then you know had this big occurrence in my life where I really wanted to forgive. So I just interviewed other pilgrims that I met along the way about their thoughts. I had hoped that they would be maybe offering some more of their personal stories, I guess, because I'm a heart on my sleeve kind of a person. I just sometimes expect other people, but, uh, you know, few people did, but not as much, but, uh, but they gave me more of their um, less sort of like intellectual thoughts or other uh, thoughts about that. So then it just, became such a big part of my life. And then I decided to actually put together the footage and I put a, the 45 minute documentary together. And then um, there was another Camino documentary and they, I saw that they were giving talks with their film. And I thought, oh, that's interesting because when I had my screening in the Q and A session, it basically became you know me giving a talk. So I started doing that. I would go to churches and give talks on how to forgive in conjunction with my film. So I just decided to roll with this little pivot of the career in a way and uh, become a speaker. Uh, and then that, it just, yeah, it just became something I'm like, I'm still very, very interested in. And I want to, someone asked me if I think that I'm a, uh, like a guru of forgiveness. And I'm like, I don't think I'm a guru. I think I'm just a big champion of it. Like I, I want other people to think about it. And, you know, if they can, to do it. So I think more of that. I'm like a big cheerleader of forgiveness. So it just became, I guess, part of my DNA. And, um, and then walking as you know, like with pilgrimages, then that also kind of seeps into you and uh, takes root. And so since after the Camino, I walked through 
the um, Dublin Mountains in Ireland. I did 85 miles there. And then I did um, on the, the Wicklow Way. And then I went to Scotland and did the West Highland Way. I did 96 miles. 96 Scottish miles, by the way, which are different than American miles, because um, we clocked 102 miles on all of our Fitbits. But uh, um, so, yeah, I, I just like going for long walks. <laughs> so the idea of forgiveness is one that is it's interesting uh, because I I think about it, I think, with religious connotations as well. Um, and. And it's interesting that uh, you sort of came to this realization that of all of the, uh, I guess, types of healing or closure transition that could happen from a walk, forgiveness is sort of a pinnacle or something to strive towards. And I'm wondering uh, if you have a religious background, so you had sort of a template for what forgiveness looked like or could look like, and then how does that process work for yourself and with other people? Are there steps to forgiveness? I mean, literally you're walking, so there are steps, but I, um, I, I, I'm hoping you can kind of ground us in what, what, what is forgiveness? What does that look like? Yeah. Um, and for me, I, I am a, a Catholic Christian. So that is definitely where I that desire was birthed from because you know Christ is my model and if he can forgive from the cross then I can forgive you know people hurting me and so that was where it the impetus for me but you know certainly meeting people on the Camino and then even since that you know people from different faith traditions or even no faith tradition that I think it still is in us to you know, think it's probably better if we can somehow come to some understanding or some reconciliation, whatever that might look like. Um, and so it's not by any means just a, like Christian construct or something like that. Um, and I think with the walking, because it is, it gives you that time of solitude and it uses like your whole body, right? You, you know, it's very physical and we're not meant to be sedentary people. Like our bodies are made for motion. And so when you are actually moving that connects you to the earth that connects, you know, you're breathing in the air. So you're, you're connecting your body and your heart and your spirit, all of the sort of chambers within you together. And so I think that that for me helped um, get it all going and, and then when you're walking, you know, you don't, you're not on your tablet the whole time. You're not on your phone. You can actually just disconnect and it allows your brain to focus on the one thing that you want to focus on. Um, and my talk is uh, the four simple steps to forgiveness. So yes. Uh, and, uh, and really the, the main first one that I always say um, is making a choice. And that choice at the beginning might be, I think I'm interested in forgiving at some point in my life. Um, and that's okay if you sit there for like 10 years even, you know, like I think just having that orientation toward forgiveness is better than turning your back on it and sitting in, um, you know, stewing in those bad feelings. And there's certainly different um, actions that people might call forgiveness and people might have other words for it. Cause you can let go and not forgive. You can, you know, just decide to, you know, not think about that person every day, but you really haven't forgiven. And 
for me, I think forgiveness really is like letting go of a debt. Like you feel that that person owes you something, some retribution, something, and you're saying you don't owe me anymore. It's not condoning their behavior. It's not anything else, but there is something. It's not a hundred percent just for you. In large part, it is for you to let go, but it's, I think when people, if they think of it, it's just, it's solely for you, then I think they might be thinking more of just the letting go aspect um, and not harboring those ill will feelings for the other person. So as you are walking with people uh, in their own forgiveness journeys, are you able to, to, I mean, I can imagine that people would be at different stages of, of forgiveness and uh, and is it helpful for people to be able to identify as they're walking with you what stage they may be at or where they're going? Um, and are there people, uh, any people that you've walked with who at the end of the walk are able to say, I have reached a place of forgiveness? Um, yeah, so I did make, as a sort of a follow-up to my documentary, I made the new show Walks to Forgive, and I have three episodes so far. And ideally, I would like in future episodes to have somebody a little bit more like in the rawness of what they're having to forgive. These three episodes, well, at least two of them were more sort of after the fact. They had already come to their forgiveness. Um, one woman, she had been uh, sexually abused by her father um, as a young child. And so she had you know, I can't even imagine something like that. So it's like, I learn from these people as much as, you know, you know, more so as they're learning from me. Um, and so she had already been at that place, but she was looking for more healing and parsing out there too, because people might think, oh, once I've forgiven, then I'm healed. And it's like, oh, word that be, that be true, but that's not. So there's still other work that needs to be done as far as the healing aspect. Um, and then the second episode, uh, a gentleman from France, he felt very pushed out of that country because of his um, like ideological and religious beliefs. And so that too, but that was in retrospect, he's been in the States for 25 years. So those two, you know, of the episodes I've shot were after the fact and they, so they knew where they were. Like they said, I have forgiven and this is how I did it, which I think is helpful for people. And then the third episode, she had lost custody of her children during a very contentious custody battle. And she was frankly kind of not interested in forgiving. And I was trying to nudge her along and be like, but I think, you know, it can be helpful for you. And in the end, she just pivoted to talk about forgiving herself, which is certainly an important, important aspect of forgiveness that is definitely needed to talk about. Um, so she was also aware of where she was. So it for sure, like an awareness of, you know, how you define forgiveness, you know, like anything you want to do in life, you have to decide what it is you're actually striving for. And so what, what does your end goal? What do you think of, you know, where do you want to be? And then you take little baby steps to get there. Um, just like, you know, I was in a hiker when I did the Camino, like stupidly I had, and I'm from Illinois. So it's completely flat. So I never climbed a mountain before. So I was quite ill-prepared for that. Uh, but, you know, so you, you just take one step at a time. So same with forgiveness, you take one step. And so for sure people um, should 
take an inventory of where what their feelings are and yeah where they stand right at that moment and then okay what's that next step you know can I just like tomorrow maybe you know I won't think about it you know I'll let a thought come and I'll let it go and you know just whatever step that needs to be um to to continue on that journey of forgiveness you mentioned uh, that forgiveness can happen and sometimes healing is ongoing. And I'm wondering about your insights after w- walking with, I mean, in some ways you're like a forgiveness companion. So there's the walking part, but then you're also helping people with forgiveness, which is related, but in, in, in it's, it's a, you know, it's a bit of a separate process too. You fill two roles as a walking companion, but also as a forgiveness companion. Uh, and and I'd, I'd like to hear more about what you've seen about the connections between healing and forgiveness and how those may or may not go hand in hand. Um, yeah, well, first of all, if I'm going to get business cards that say forgiveness companion, that's an awesome phrase. <laughs> so, um, but um, yeah, I mean, I think I think that you could heal without forgiving, but I think that forgiving first would be helpful. But again, it doesn't; it's not automatic. I mean, I still have, you know, some trauma from the end of my marriage where things come up, and I'm like, oh, like why did I respond like that? And then I think about it. Oh well, because this had happened, so it's definitely different. But and then yeah, speaking with uh, Belinda, the woman who um, had forgiven her father, you know, listening to all the healing that she is now going through, and you know, ways that she even relates to her own children based on her past experience. And I think that we can all think about things that have happened and the healing that we have to do. Um, you could probably heal without forgiveness. I just think it might be a little bit um, easier to forgive because then it's it's easier to let those feelings go. And I think that um, for me, I'm a person of like right and wrong, there's justice to be served. And so maybe a little bit legalistic in my mind. And so that was something that I had to overcome in my journey of forgiveness. And and then that plays a role in my healing because if I'm stuck on something, I'm like, oh, but like that shouldn't have happened. Like that, they that person was like objectively wrong in doing that. And then, um, but there's there's things that you just have to, you know, accept that people are gonna do wrong. You know, sometimes, sometimes maliciously, sometimes not, and you just. And that's something that I continue to have to learn um, and remind myself that things, some things just are, and you just have to learn to, to move on with them and say, okay, now this is part of my life and how am I going to do that? And, you know, you can grow from an experience or you can let it make you bitter. You know, that's a little maybe cliche, but you know, something can make you bitter or better. And so I think forgiveness is the part that can help with your healing. Um, So if that was a long way to answer your question. Yeah, uh, yeah thanks. Uh, I mean, I, I you've talked about healing and trauma and forgiveness, and they seem really interrelated uh, for yourself and your own experience and why uh, you originally walked pilgrimages for yourself, and now you're walking with other people. And 
I would imagine that there is ongoing transformation for you and in learning about yourself as you walk with other people. Yeah, definitely. Um, people share insights and, um, you know, their ways of thinking about things. And uh, one of my friends, um, I travel to Scotland with her and we, we often hike and she used the analogy sort of of walking up a mountain. She's like, you know, if you are moving around a mountain, like you keep passing that same point, you know, that same side of the mountain, you know, every trip around and it might look a little different, but you're going to keep. And I think that we as people can keep like relearning that same lesson until we learn it. And then when we get to that point, if we've learned that lesson, then we can start seeing other parts of the scenery. Um, and that sort of stuck with me they, um, because, yeah, I think that life keeps trying to remind you of the same lesson until it really takes a stronghold in you. And perhaps that's why I continue to try to help other people with forgiveness because then that'll um, you know, help myself as well to, to grow in this virtue. Uh, along those lines, I'm I I'm curious about how you moved from making the documentary then to uh, moving into the series, and what uh, prompted you to to look at this as more than one type of uh, well, more than one film, but something that could be ongoing. Um, part of it was. I would get, when I had the screening events, people would come up to me and I would be surprised at, um, I guess I had an idea like, oh, of course, you know, other, you know, women who have had the end of a long relationship, marriage would relate to it. But people in very different circumstances would come up to me and they would still have gotten something from that and it would help them. I mean, one couple lost a very young child who passed away. I mean, I, I don't remember the age right now, but very, very young. And they had to sort of like forgive God, you know, in a way of you're taking their child from them. And that one, I was like, wow, like first, you know, my heart broke for them, but for them to, to see something so different, um, but still gain something from it. I was like, wow, okay, maybe this could help. Um, and it's why I continue to share my, my story to help people. And I thought, well, but if I can find other people with stories that people maybe can relate a little bit more closely, like with it, then I just want to like help the world, um, basically. Um, and then also, like, if I can just keep going on long walks and seeing the beauty in this world, like, heck yeah, like, let's join these two things together. And I want to go on all these walks wherever I can. Um, yeah, and getting to know people, I think it's super interesting. So there's, you know, some things that are not completely altruistic of me, you know, wanting to, to get out in the world. But um, yeah, it just seemed like it was, people were constantly coming up, not constantly, but you know, enough where I was like, okay, I think there's something here. Like other people are sharing their story. Cause when you're vulnerable, you know, like just in any relationship, a friendship, when you're vulnerable, then that invites the other person to be vulnerable. And I think that I thought, oh, people are open to sharing their story and like letting that then help others. You know, the idea of the wounded healer that once you're hurt, you don't want other people to be hurt like that. And you want to help the healing and sort of like pay it forward. Um, so it just seemed like an interesting show. And, um, you know, I'm watching the show Intervention where they genuinely seem to, you know, want to help people out, get out of those addictions. And 
I kind of liken it to that where they have this, you know, broken relationship, whatever the dynamic is, family relationship, you know, romantic partner, whatever it is. But if I can genuinely try to help them move past that hurt, then that would be amazing if I could continue to, you know, do episodes of this show. Um, I, I, you've, you've made the creative decision to not only be, um, uh, recording the walk, but being a part of the walk. Um, and so what's that experience like for you, uh, to be, to have all these levels happening where you're actually, you know, sort of in a parallel process, walking side by side, but then you're also recording, um, and documenting, uh, in some way, sort of a from an objective standpoint as well, the the people who are who you're walking with their experiences. Yeah, and I mean the the three episodes that I did shoot, um, they, I did already have pre existing relationships with all those people. Um, uh, yeah, so I was friends with, you know, two of them, better friends. And then one, I, I had already met her. So there was, so that was easier to, to just like go for a walk with a friend and then um, record it. Um, and in, if there was a, if I can make bigger episodes and do more, you know, I would be happy if there was somebody else walking alongside us, especially maybe like a licensed therapist, because I can be empathetic and I can try to understand, but you know, there are going to be circumstances, you know, I, I, I didn't have an experience like Belinda with her father. So I can only, you know, I'm not trained to necessarily ask all of the questions. So I would like to um, have more, but, um, but I think it was good for me and for them because they did have, like you said, like somebody walk, like walking beside them where they didn't feel like they're just under this microscope and they're not, you know, they're just like this specimen, like how did you forgive and the light shine upon you. So I don't know, it just seemed very natural because I just, I go, you know, hiking and walking with people so often that, um, and particularly in the Camino group, it's a very open, like with discussions. Um, and so I'm just very used to that. Uh, so, um, but I was like a one woman show basically filming this. Like I, I brought my, you know, my little microphone, I brought the camera. And so I would just like run ahead, set up my camera and record us. So um, I would like to have more people and not just be the one person doing both in front of and behind the scenes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I guess it just all felt very natural to me to do it that way. Um, and yeah, to make the other person comfortable um, and to experience it myself because I like to see all these places. Um, what are your thoughts about uh, the walking itself and how the walking is healing? Is it is there something specific about that movement, or could any movement um, be be healing in the same way? Um, I think they could be. I mean, some people wouldn't have maybe not the patience, but you know, it's not their speed maybe to, to do a long walk where they're not running, they're not, you know, really getting, I don't know, very active. But I think that there is the difference of, especially if you go for, you know, multiple days in a row, which is the idea of the show is, um, and me taking people on walks, because there is something about your body 
being like, oh, this is this is all we're doing is walking. Like when I was walking the Camino, it, it really takes a week probably for your body to be like, oh, like this is our full-time job. Like, cause literally we'd be, you know, when you're on the Camino, you're, you're walking eight hours a day. So that's your full-time job is to get from point A to point B. And it, it does somehow open up your brain a little bit more. And um, it just makes everything fall away. And I think part of it is, you know, you don't have any other decisions to make. Like we make, I forget the statistic, but it's something outrageous. Like you make like 50,000 decisions or something like absurd because, you know, right from you wake up, are you going to hit snooze or are you going to jump out of bed? Are you going to make your bed? or Are you going to leave it messy? You know, all these, when you add up all these little decisions you make in life, there's a ton. Like, so we're just constantly, our brain just go, 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 go. But when you're on a walk, it's like, am I going to keep walking or am I going to stop? Am I going to drink water or not? Like there's very few decisions to make. And, and I think that that freedom really helps your, your brain and, um, and yeah, just any motion of getting your blood pumping and, and freeing it up. And I think that when you do have someone walking alongside you, you have different conversations than even if, you know, same friend, you meet them for coffee or you go for a hike you're going to have two different conversations. There's something about being alongside somebody and just like looking forward to a trail and just walking for hours on end. It's, it's just different. And I don't know the, you know, neurological reason or anything like that, but I just know that it's different and you have different conversations. And I think it just opens you up to thinking more and perhaps deeper um, and then you have the time because anything takes time and we know like healing takes time. And so you're literally just buying yourself time saying, I'm going to go for an entire week. And so that's all you're doing. Um, yeah. So I, I think that it's really, that's the time element is a big component. Which actually, so the, the specificity of walking was the, the first part of the question. The second is does the place, the specific place matter? Uh, this is always a conversation that we have in pilgrimage studies. Are there, I mean, are pilgrimage routes more significant than non-pilgrimage routes? And, I, and so I'd like to hear, uh, I mean, you've talked about the, the three pilgrimages you've made along uh, sort of sanctioned pilgrimage routes, and now you're taking people um, on walks in California along a route, but it might not be so well known. And so I'm curious um, to hear your thoughts about it. Does, does the place matter? Yeah, that, that's really interesting. I have, um, I didn't phrase it like that in my mind, but I think that I found the answer like that I didn't of a question I wasn't, didn't even know I was asking because it did feel different. And of the three episodes, the first one with Belinda, we did do the um, the Mission Trail in California, which which is a marked path. People have been walking it, but it is very urban. Like you're just walking through neighborhoods. And so it did feel a little bit different than any of the pilgrimages I had done. But we were with a group of pilgrims that have by and large done other more, you know, sort of pilgrimages, uh, pilgrimages in nature. So that one was a little bit. And then the other two, we were just in like a city park or um, along the city lakefront. And so it, I, I think it does have some difference. 
there's definitely benefit to just getting out and moving and being among nature. But I think that, um, and you can, you can walk in a city, but I think there, there's definitely something about connecting with nature. And so that place is important. And, um, you know, just having probably better air when you're in, you know, a forest or somewhere like that. Um, because it's, again, it's, it's changing what you see. And I think that a pilgrimage you're, you're going to be outside of your every day. And, um, and there might just be a spirit, like there's definitely a different spirit on the Camino than there was on the Wicklow way than there was on the West Highland way. They were all unique situations. And, and so it's like, do the pilgrims bring that spirit or does the pilgrimage evoke that spirit? Um, it might be a chicken and the egg, perhaps uh, sort of thing there. Um, but, but I do think that, um, yeah, I, I would say that I think that the place can, can add to your experience and make it maybe a little bit more grounded or a little bit more special or more, more helpful even. Uh, so many people that I've talked to who've, who've been on pilgrimage journeys talk about uh, a very important aspect of the journey being serendipitous events or occurrences. And I noticed in one of the episodes in your series uh, that was about, I think it was entitled something about fairy, uh, yeah. that there was this fairy tree, um, yeah. which I thought this is really, did you know that the tree was there before? No, absolutely not. And I actually used to live in that neighborhood. <laughs> like I used to walk like very near to that. And yeah, and Belinda had had this, you know, she used this fairy, this imaginary fairy as, you know, a coping mechanism when she was young. And she had shared just a little bit of the story, like enough so I knew that fairies were important to her. And then, yeah, we're walking and there is a tree with all these little fairies in it. Like for, I've never seen a tr tree like that in the neighborhood and to walk on it. Um, yeah, so that was like really, really special to, to come across, especially for her because she was, she was, wanting to share her story, but she really felt confirmation by seeing that tree, that sharing her story was going to be helpful for her and for others. And that, that, I don't, yeah, it was, it was a really touching moment um, to have that. And, uh, and yeah, and definitely like on um, my communal experience, there were these moments of um, serendipity and yeah, it's, it's things like on the Camino, you'd always say, you know, the Camino provides, um, but I think any pilgrimage could provide, you know, some, some moment to affirm something good because I think you know a forgiveness is a positive thing and so to have these nudges along I think are helpful so whether you call it universe call it God whatever it is I think that it affirms that you're doing something good and can push you along I was surprised uh, because I've I I have wondered in the back of my head about shorter walks and and pilgrimages that are not along uh, uh, kind of established pilgrimage routes. Do people have these similar types of serendipitous experiences? And seeing that in that that episode, I thought, wow. I mean, this is was not a long walk in terms of the time or the distance. And yet this situation that happened that caused some type of uh, congruence between the, this fairy uh, uh, scenario for the person walking and then seeing it externalized in a tree, 
uh, seemed quite powerful and and actually it changed my mind a bit about how how walks can actually be uh, meaningful in similar ways uh, despite the fact that they can be shorter um, in duration and time yeah yeah and i think that you know we can meet people where they are and so yeah maybe pilgrimages are meeting people where they are because they can it can be very daunting um, to say oh i want to go you know, I want to take you on this like week long walk. And Belinda was like, um, I don't know how many days I can commit. And so, uh, so we did find a balance. So um, yeah, it was, yeah, I think that it can happen wherever people need it to happen. I, I mean, it's certainly COVID uh, has changed so much for people going on pilgrimages and for pilgrims and kind of refocusing attention to what is in the local area and do we need to go far away to, to at least in the United States do we need to go somewhere outside our our country or are there places that we can go on pilgrimages here uh, and and I'm curious if you had the thought about the walks in California was this before the pandemic or is it has it evolved since uh, since March of last year? I, I conceived of this idea um, a while ago, and I had been trying to, you know, get bigger production companies alongside, and um, and it just it wasn't happening for whatever reasons. So then I did just say, well, I'm just going to do this. And then I had made the choice basically, like in the pandemic, because I was like, I need to get out, and I can do it safely, just like doing the one-on-one, -on -one, you know, me filming everything, and um, just being with that person. So. Um, so initially, I did want to go and take people to other, you know, countries and do like these more sort of known actual like pilgrimage places. Um, and then I thought, well, we can at least start here again. Yes, yeah, like I say, to encourage, um, you know, we have it in our backyards. I mean, we didn't have to travel very far at all. I mean, it's the the mission that we started at. It was right you know, a 10 minute drive from our house. So it is literally like in our backyards to be able to do these things. Um, and I think that part of my thing is to also encourage people to, you know, to to forgive, of course, but then also, yeah, to, to get out there and um, to, it's like, yeah, it's, it's very accessible wherever you are. Um, even in Chicago, that's very flat, but we at least, you know, we have these forest preserves. And um, so, yeah, it's not like this long through hike or something like that, but it's something. Um, and to start with whatever you can. Um, so yeah, so it, it did change, but uh, but I think that, you know, there, there are still long ones. I mean, there's the Pacific Crest Trail, there's the Appalachian Trail, there's, you know, a lot of different ones that are still the long ones, the long haul ones that could lend themselves to the pilgrim experiences that perhaps you and I have in our brain when we think of a pilgrimage. Um, so there's, those are still available and, and maybe they'll grow in popularity given this, you know, there's always these silver linings, right, that we've discovered in COVID. So maybe an uptick in people taking in the beauty of America will be one of them. Yeah, I, I was certainly unaware of, uh, I mean, we, I think we do a very good job in the United States that we've put a lot of resources into uh, natural uh, hiking and, and, uh, and pilgrimage trails or hiking trails. Some hikers do not consider it a pilgrimage and some 
you know, so, so there's that as well. But um, I have certainly been learning a lot about more local, uh, even established pilgrimage routes that I didn't know before. And I think there are a number in California uh, that are tied to missions in California. I don't know. Is there one that runs the entire length connecting all the missions uh, or is it just segments um, in certain areas? There, there is, um, it is a whole, it's like 650 miles to do from San Diego all the way up to um, San Francisco. Uh, it isn't, of course, as, you know, marked out. There was a woman that I knew that was trying to get it a little bit more, like the infrastructure and things like that. So there is a book. It's, um, so I've, I've only done like the small sections, but, uh, but yeah, you can get like a patch and there's passports, stamps, and you know, it is, it has those elements to it. Um, so that one, which I had heard about when I first moved here, I moved to California like a little over five years ago. Um, but I did have that expectation that it was closer to like a communal experience, which it is, it is not, but it is its own experience. And um, so, so maybe you could certainly can do, you know, any part of it. And, you know, it's like 20 miles for each segment. Um, so, you could just do, and that's how a lot of people do it. Of course they do like weekends and they'll do from the here to here, but then it's, it's more logistical because then you have to like drive to each location and have somebody pick you up at the top. So um, it's, it's definitely a different feel, um, but it is, um, but the people have the same, I think, spirit though of like, yeah, they treat it as a pilgrimage and it is something more than just like hiking on a weekend. Yeah, what are your thoughts about uh, about walking alone uh, or in solitude versus walking with others? Um, well, I when I walked my Camino, I did go alone, but I met people, you know, on like the first second day, um, and so I had a balance of walking by myself and walking with people. I think, and I think having a balance is good, and and I did notice at least on the Camino we had a lot of people sort of treated like the mornings as like their alone time. And then maybe after lunch, you'd walk with people and maybe talk a little bit more. And then the evenings were like really the social times. Um, and uh, so in the way I had envisioned this show was to give people kind of structured in that same way to say like, it is important, like you need to be just alone with thoughts, alone with God, alone with whatever, it is you need to work out in your brain and have your own thoughts. And then you can bring those thoughts and share them with somebody, you know, in the afternoon or, you know, have an interview in the evening. Um, so I think there's definitely a, a good component to, to both of those. And I think uh, having a blend was like perfect recipe, I suppose. Uh, what was it like to make the show? Uh, and what, what are your plans for how you'd like to see this evolve? Um, it was a little, it was kind of sort of casual because again, I, I was friends with them and, um, you know, I was logistically trying to, you know, do everything that I wanted to. I definitely learned from making these three pilot sort of episodes, um, about what I wanted to do more of and, uh, and how I structured it. And, uh, and I think, you know, talking more a little bit on the trail, cause then there's the balance of, you know, someone's huffing and puffing and you're trying to have them talk a lot, especially if it's something very personal. Um, but, um, and I would like to maybe have more people on the trail perhaps that they could share. Cause you learn from different people. Um, 
and uh, so yeah, I mean, it was a good experience for for me to be able to spend those, you know, time with those individual people and to make that real sort of like heart to heart connection um, and to to share these stories. I know it's been getting a lot of views um, just in the first couple of weeks, and uh, so people have reached out even and said, if you're going to do more episodes, I'd like to hear you know share my story or you know different things. So I think it does hit um, hit with people, and especially you know given our time in the United States, you know, with the recent election and people are, you know, I think there's a lot to forgive and, you know, people are on sort of high alert with each other and um, not extending each other a lot of grace. And I think that if we can have that spirit be a little bit more pervasive of, you know, getting to know each other's point of view and all of that. And so, yeah, I think a lot of, I think a lot makers should go on a big old pilgrimage together <laughs> maybe and have to learn how to depend on each other in the trail and maybe they'd get along a little bit better. Uh, where can we see both the documentary and the series? They are both on Amazon Prime and so the documentary is called A Way to Forgiveness and the series is Walks to Forgive and um, and then I do sell the documentary on DVD, if anybody still has a DVD player anymore, I don't know. Um, and then it's being picked up on a few more channels, but Amazon Prime is pretty, you know, ubiquitous. A lot of people have that. And if you don't have Prime, you can rent um, both of them for just a few bucks. So um, Amazon Prime is the place to go. And my website is dash entertainmentllc.com. And so they're all linked from there as well. I've got one last question, the big, the big question. Uh, how have you been uh, impacted um, in any way by the people that you're meeting, that you're, that you are walking with, and also that you're meeting um, at your speaking events, or pilgrims, or what, what has that been like for you? What, in terms of uh, it must be very validating to know that your work is impacting people. And I'd love to hear what kind of feedback you're getting about it. Um, yeah, it, it makes me humble, um, which is definitely a virtue to keep working on too. Um, to, yeah, cause it's like, you can think, oh, woe was me. I had this hard thing in life, but then it's like, oh man, everybody's got, you know, hard things in life. So, uh, and it really, it, it, I feel honored when people share their story with me. I mean, particularly to be in that room when Belinda in episode one was sharing her story and it was the first time she had spoken it out loud in full. And you could just feel like in the room, it was, it was just so beautiful. And I was so touched that she, you know, chose me to share her story. Um, so I think, but it, it develops more empathy in me. And I try to remember when, something happens with somebody to be like, okay, what do I know about their past or what possibly could be triggering them to react this way? Um, and I'm still learning. I'm not always perfect at that, but I'm trying to build that in myself to, to understand where people are coming from because yeah, the more you learn about people's backstories and the things that they've dealt with, you're like, oh wow, okay. So if I had that happen to me, maybe I would also be reacting this way. That might not be perfect, but um, so I think the biggest things that I think it's um, taught me to be, yeah, to try to be more humble and to have more empathy for people. 
Okay, I said last question, but I always have more. Uh, <laughs> if, but wait, there's more. <laughs> if, yeah, but wait, there's more. Uh, uh, hopefully, this will be the last one. I mean, if you if things go as you're envisioning them, I, I mean, in in 2025, how does this look for you? Um, what what will have happened um, in, in terms of the series or additional pilgrimages or more walks or forgiveness? What does that look like for Aaron Dooley? Yeah, it would be great if it was um, a series on, you know, a major network uh, and people tuned in to hear stories of forgiveness. And if I wasn't, you know, a couple seasons in, on a show that people tuned into and it helped to give a spirit of forgiveness, then, then I would die a happy woman, I guess. <laughs> Please check out Erin's series, Walks to Forgive, on Amazon or on her website, www.entertainmentllc.com. You've just heard Walks to Forgive, hosted by Dr. Heather Warfield and produced by Jonah Bayer. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. Thank you for listening to Meaningful Journeys. This program is supported in part by Antioch University, New England, and the Meaningful Life Institute. We would love to connect with you on social media, on Instagram, on Twitter, and Facebook, or by email info at MeaningfulJourneys.net or our website, www.MeaningfulJourneys.net. We hope you will join us next time on our shared quest for meaning as we connect humanity one step at a time.